The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, if you want to introduce the special guest today, it's all yours, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, making his return to Vegas, the man who I made what he is today, the one and only Killer Cross. What's going on, guys? Special guest. Special guest here. Very happy to be here. <laughs> you know, Spider Warrior couldn't make it, so we got us. We got somebody else to kind of cover, take his spot. Hopefully, he'll do all right. Yep, I'm a nice guy. I got my hair all fucking grown out. I say all the things people want me to say. I look fucking nice. Nobody thinks twice, right? Well, you know, you've, you've lucky, done. If lucky, maybe Christopher Walken and uh, will show up. I hope so. I'll break his fucking neck too. <laughs> well, you've done everything, you know, in in your career by instinct, and right now yeah. you're coming back from Mecca Seven uh, yeah. here in Las Vegas. Um, and we'll get into, you know, that portion, but I need to know, man, how did you stumble across FSW? I, I know you had already been, you know, doing various things uh, in, in uh, the martial arts, but what made you go towards professional wrestling and especially FSW, man? Well, that's a funny story. We've never really talked about that. So, you know, uh, Let's tell the true story about what happened. See, Joe was having problems with people at Future Stars in Wrestling. They didn't really want to follow what we call the fucking program. And uh, here I was overseas, literally blowing people up. And I thought to myself, I'm in Vegas. What could I do right now for fun? What could I fucking do for fun? And here's this pro wrestling school. Always wanted to be in professional wrestling, but I was generally running away from the police and people won't believe that because they think this type of shit is a work. So we can talk about that. So, uh, you know, I just thought this would be a great opportunity to start assaulting people and battering them in a public setting and not get in any trouble. So Joe decided to hire me as a bodyguard to straighten people. Uh, and that's exactly what I fucking did. And I was paid very well for it. So that's the true fucking story. I was I went from private sector to deciding to do something local, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And these fucking idiots signed waivers, and I can do whatever I want to them at that point. That's the truth of it. That's the fucking truth. Joe, do you remember first time uh, Cross walked into the uh, FSW arena? Yeah, he had a chaparral t- uh, chaparral uh, sweatshirt on, and. So I thought he went to Chaparral High School. He just, no, I like the shirt. And he came in and he said, you know what? All I do is go home after MMA training it is, and watch video on YouTube of, uh, of wrestling. And this is something I want to give a shot. So we're like, okay, this big motherfucker's walking in. I'm like, you know, 
guys like Spider Warrior needed somebody to beat. So I figured, you know, here's the perfect guy. And Kevin, when you start training in wrestling, was it anywhere uh, close to your perception of what, you know, pro wrestling was? Did it did it make sense to you or did it take time to understand what the you know, what the training was? I understood exactly what it was. It was violence. And um, I speak that language very fluently. So I picked it up very quickly. And then I just began doing whatever I wanted to people. And that's really did, just what the fuck happened. Did did you uh, did you at any time consider what kind of you know character you were going to portray, or did you feel that heightening yourself up to you know a hundred percent plus was the best way to approach you know being a character because there was nothing else out there that was comparative to actually who you are. What's your name? It, it is Matt Michaels, sir. That's your real name, Matt Michaels? Yeah, you know, with with uh, a little middle name uh, used as the last name, yeah. Okay. I just asked because nobody knows my real fucking name. I go by several different names depending on which state, city, and country I'm in, right? So, <clears throat> you know, everything is a fucking lie. Everything is a giant lie. And as you get older, you begin to realize that. And if you don't realize that when you're getting older, then maybe something's wrong with you or someone just doesn't let you in on the big secret. So it's just very easy for me to, to infiltrate circles and blend in with people. Like the easiest thing to do was the first day walking into FSW. I told Joe exactly what he needed to hear. And I dressed exactly like everyone else fucking dresses when they come in. And I extorted him for everything that he wanted. But at the same time, he got what he needed out of me, which was to fucking thin the herd, so to speak. So when you talk about character, I mean, I've been playing many characters my entire life. That's been part of my profession. It's very fucking easy for me to just give people what they want because they're always telling you what they want. They want something familiar. They want something that makes them feel comfortable. They don't want, they want everything but the truth. So that's the expanded answer to your question. Joe, when you started working with Kevin and you had him in the capacity as your bodyguard, what was going on at FSW that um, made it work that he could be your bodyguard? And did you see the potential at that time of where you could go with Kevin? Well, um, bodyguards are a little light. It was more of like a personal assistant thing, you know, he helped out some of the issues that were going on, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the one thing that is difficult to teach is comfortability in front of, uh, in front of a microphone, in front of a camera. And, you know, from day one, we knew we had something special. Now I've also seen physical specimens come and go, you know, it's about putting in the time, putting in the effort. And with Cross, it was similar to a Bay. When they got when, when when they decided that this is what they wanted to do, you saw them more than you saw anybody else. You know, they put in as much work as they can to to hone their craft, per se. And you know, just initially, I had them involved with me. 
just because we were still trying to train him and get him ready to work matches, but we already knew that we had something. So the sooner we were able to get him on and get familiar with the crowd, uh, it was something that we did. You know, we kind of jump started where usually it takes a lot longer for most people to, you know, get that first match. And with his size and the fact that he had the ability to, you know, have a crowd embrace what he said, you know, I, what happened was in the middle of what we were doing, I ended up having to get stents put in and being who I was, I got out on a Friday afternoon and we had this show Friday night and there was no way I was going to miss the show. And instead of getting in the ring to do the promo, I let Mr. Cross do the promo. And at that point it was like, you know what, you know, it's, it's time to put the rocket on, you know, you know, I might've given him the initial rub, but he didn't need me anymore. What did it feel like getting rid of the uh, dead weight uh, cross? I mean, I never really saw Joe as dead weight. I saw him as a weapon that could be used against people. And, um, you know, it was, uh, he's still my weapon that I can use against people. He just doesn't fucking realize that. <laughs> or maybe I do. <laughs> and you like it. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, when you get your first match and you start getting comfortable, how long did it take you to adapt to, you know, feeling like um, you were coming along to the point where you could start looking at guys like Brian Cage and eventually becoming the FSW heavyweight champion? I've been leveling people my entire life much bigger than Brian, so it really was not that big of a deal to me. And, and a lot of people say that that's one of the best matches that they enjoyed in FSW's history when you won that title. Was there something about working with Cage that was rewarding in actually being able to defeat him and become the champion? Uh, I don't know. Those people can all go fuck themselves, and I don't really care for Brian. And I hope Brian's life spins completely out of control. And I hope he goes broke and becomes homeless. And um, that's what I think about Brian Cage. It really wasn't an honor or a pleasure work with Brian. Brian gets under my fucking nerves. And Joe, when you hear that, uh, do you look at it like um, everything that was done was done professionally? And even if there is any personal uh, opinion or conflict, that all that stuff was left out and that, uh, you know, Kevin did what he was asked to do. No, no, I just told you, listen, I just fucking told you how it went. So you don't ask him in the middle of this to confirm that. What do you think, I'm fucking lying? I would never, never call you a liar, I sir. fucking hope not, because I just told you what happened. So now we change the next question. What's the next fucking question? Ask me another question. Cross, you were a reigning champion for over 400 yeah. days. Was there any thought in your mind that there was anyone out there at FSW who could take that championship away from you? Not a single fucking person. No, but that's a great question. 
Joe, do you feel that that title reign was one of the best title reigns that you've had at FSW? Without a doubt, you know, our current champion Hammerstone, he's had, you know, a few different reigns, but Kevin's was one of the, you know, without a doubt, not only in FSW, just one of the most dominant championship reigns, you know, Kev, he would bring the belt with him when he would travel elsewhere. And, you know, he, he was proud of that FSW title. And in return, he got matches against guys like Kenny King and Chris Masters and Timothy Thatcher and Tommy Dreamer and John Morrison. And, you know, normally it's a big deal for someone like Cross to wrestle those guys. But when those guys heard they were going to wrestle him, you know, and these guys have, you know, they've gone up and down the road for a very long time. And, you know, his he, he had gotten some very big notoriety very quickly, you know, and, you know, the key to that, you know, those people hit me up. I know about when he was getting his first tryout, our guy Tyson Tyler, he hits me up when we were doing he used to do the Arizona shows. And he's like, hey, who's this guy cross like he was. If you look at social media now and you see the guys doing the promos and stuff, it was pretty non-existent until this man did it. When, you know, he promoted himself. He promoted the show. He promoted everything about it, which also got him on pretty much everybody's radar in record time. Yeah, but you know what I get in the end? And that, all that's true, but you know what I get in the end? is what we all get in the end, no matter what we fucking put into this when we're fucking gone and dead and we no longer serve as a purpose of entertainment for these pieces of shit <clears throat> that pretend to care about us and don't really, I get my entire career summarized in a fucking three minute highlight music video to a song. I probably wouldn't even listen. I wouldn't even listen to it. Probably a song that, you know, like the fucking company was paid for to play. That's what you get in the end. So it's gotta be about more than that. And a lot of people don't think about that. To me, at the time, it was about trying to create a greater art for suffering. And bringing the FSW title with me everywhere was the best way to do it. Did you ever feel that uh, your accomplishments in the other companies outside of FSW was a stepping ladder to, um, to have that title around and kind of also to you know, have some uh, recognition that you were an FSW guy, um, you know, from, from day one. Did that become a little bit of something that there was a little bit of, of spotlight put on FSW? I wanted to bring all of the attention to where we were and what we were doing. And I did it out of spite. I did it out of spite because there are people not even just in this industry and in life that are overgrown children masquerading around as adults, like fucking puppet heads with somebody else's hand above them, telling them what to say and do and think 24 seven, like fucking idiots. Cause they're too afraid to actually give you a raw, sincere opinion about something. They really fucking believed that they were the best and they had the best thing going. And I wanted to shatter that illusion. So I did. And that's what it was about. 
And Joe, you you had a lot of trust in Cross, and Cross has given you a lot of suggestions and ideas through the years. And one of the big ones that came through was Natural Born Killers. For you, Joe, what was that concept like when Kevin presented it to you? Uh, he presented it probably way before we we went through with it. You know, he had told me that, you know, the UWFI stuff, he was really, you know, enamored with. And it was something that he really wanted to do. And when we had heard about UFC coming in, it was their big anniversary weekend. I said, hey, I got this idea. We can put this together. You know, I know Bloodsport had been successful and he appeared on that also. But he crosses an icon in Vegas. So if we were going to make it work, we needed to do something a little different than what Bloodsport did. You know, we focused on that UFC MMA crowd because Bloodsport was only run during WrestleMania weekend. So, of course, you know, they're going to have that big draw and they had all the wrestling fans. So, you know, he had some ideas. I had some ideas, you know, and I got in touch with guys like Dan Severn and Frank Mir and Stefan Bonner. You know, it was it was incorporating like some of the best UFC guys of all time. And I had an idea and I said, hey, what about Dan Severn against Killer Cross? And he was good with it. But he said to me, he goes, hey, and I've told this story before. I got a guy and put some money aside, which. If you, I've told it before, but I won't say it again. The amount was a pittance for what this guy's worth. And, you know, we were all banning it about because he would not tell me who the guy was. So we're thinking UFC weekend. We're like, oh, shit. Is he bringing in Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz? Those were like two of our, our top options. Then uh, about two weeks before the show, uh, Disco walks in with Cross and Kane Velasquez. And Kane was getting ready to do some stuff in AAA. And we're thinking, oh, man, maybe it's got to be Kane, you know. And the day of the show, I still have no idea who is going to come out after the Severn Cross match, which is our main event. And literally 30, 40 minutes before the show starts, my son comes into the office because I'm in the office and he is literally fucking teary eyed. Okay. And he's like, did you see who it is? Like with tears, like welled up. And I'm like, Tito? Chuck Liddell? He's like, no, it's Moxley. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I immediately went to the back and I was like, Holy shit, I can't believe Cross got fucking Moxley for this show. So, you know, that will always be one of the greatest moments in FSW history when all of a sudden Moxley walked through the FSW arena curtain. It was like, I wish he would have told me in advance so we could have actually advertised him and we could have did the show in like Samstown where we could have fit about five times as many people you know, being the promoter that I am, but it was a great surprise. And there were so many people that were like, Oh, I should have made the show. And, and that's what you live for when you're doing those shows. 
for people to be like, you know what? I can't miss another show. And having John Moxley and Cross uh, at the first Natural Born Killers, you know, that probably rates up there with one of the top three or five moments ever in our history. Kevin, did you feel that uh, not only, you know, did you get a chance to beat Severin, but you showed Moxley, uh, whose home FSW is, as well. Is that something that you enjoy? Is that hybrid of doing the MMA with the wrestling? It was a wonderful experience, and I plan to revisit that experience. And uh, as of right now, in my opinion, I believe that John and I have unfinished business. <clears throat> That's what and I that that would make a, a lot of sense for sure. Um, you, know what I, you know what I resent the most, though, about, about John? Him and I have a lot in common. But the most, the biggest thing that I resent the most about him is that he can go out in public and he can just be himself and people accept him for who he is. <clears throat> I don't have that luxury. See, I can be myself here because this isn't considered big time. So a lot of people are not going to watch this. And um, it's going to go under the radar, except for a few people. But when I have to do these fucking shows with all of these people that are mainstream, I have to put on a T-shirt and fucking style my hair. It's amazing how all you have to do is just grow your hair up a little bit and smile a couple times at the camera. And people just stare right through some of the most obvious fucking things, like a simple motion like I can break their neck with my bare fucking hands. I don't even need a weapon and I can make it look like an accident and I wouldn't be charged. I resent the fact that John can live like that. He can just be himself. Because once upon a time before wrestling, I tried to be myself as I am right now. And it didn't work out very good for me. I had to change my name. There were black helicopters flying all around my house and stuff. But one thing, you know, one thing I'm very grateful for is John allows me to be myself. And uh, Future Stars of Wrestling has always allowed me to be myself. And you get to match up against Jacob Fatu at Mecca. What was it about the lure of wrestling a guy like Jacob Fatu uh, in front of the Vegas crowd? Well, it's very simple. He's in my territory. FSW is mine. It is mine. It's not mine solely, but it is mine. So I just, you know, I said it so many years ago. All these people walking around wanting to play the role you're going to have to pay the toll. And that's how the whole toll man thing caught on. I wasn't fucking kidding. And I'm being dead serious with you. Come February, when I stand in the ring with Jacob Fatu, I'm going to smash this fucking head in. And I, I'm not joking. I really am. And it's not because I dislike him. It's because people need to understand. And that's the only way some people get it. It's just violence. Especially nowadays in 2022, nobody wants to talk about anything. People just want to fight and argue. I'll just skip that part and then we can just start sending people to the hospitals. That seems to just speed up the whole process of shit. Joe, when you look at what's going to happen at Mecca, um, what is your anticipation in seeing those two go head to head? You know, I'm excited about it. You know, when we posted it on Twitter, Facebook, all the social media, people were excited about it. Because I do believe this is the first time they've ever, you know, been in the ring together. Am I incorrect, Kevin? We've squared off one time, but there's no need to bring that up. Well, the, bo the bottom line 
it's going to be as hard hitting a match as you're going to see, you know, neither man's going to, you know, take a step back in this one. And, you know, it, it might be short and sweet because these guys are out to destroy each other. And I know, you know, cross loves being part of the, the Vegas wrestling scene. He's making his first appearance uh, in a while. And I know our, our diehard fans who loved him from day one, even when he was threatening to beat the shit out of people in the FSW arena, you know, many years ago. So, you know, the entire card is, is stacked from beginning to end. So we are definitely looking forward. We're returning to the silver nugget. Cross is returning to Vegas and he's, uh, bringing his uh, girl with him and you know it should be a very exciting night at the silver nugget for mecca seven cross when you have uh scarlet uh with you what aspect does she bring to your life it's really none of your fucking business i appreciate that and uh i uh would ask you then when you're looking at the future for you and how that is looking where do you see yourself going and how many people are going to pay the price anywhere i want and everybody anybody anybody just depends what fucking mood i'm in that's that's basically it could be you anybody anybody because that's real life that's fucking real life in real life there's no continuity to bad things happen. And that's what scares people the most. People worship and need certainty. They need things to be certain. They need to know that they're going to get paid on time. They need to know that this thing's going to be there and that thing's going to be there. They need certainty. They need to know exactly when something's going to arrive and when it's going to go. All of the things in life that people take for granted, they have certainty over those things. And as soon as you remove certainty away, it's exactly what really truly fucking bothers people. And I'm going to bother people. I'm going to give them a lot of uncertainty. Joe, does, uh, does that thought of Cross just uh, potentially taking out the whole roster just uh, ever cross your mind? And, and is it safe to say that uh, Kevin's homecoming might not just be one shot. He might have a lot more business to do. He might, and it's going to put everybody on notice. Everybody's going to have to uh, up their game, uh, and upping their game may not be enough. So it, it definitely puts people on notice. Uh, champions, guys like Hammerstone, you know, maybe there's some unfinished business there. You know, Brian Cage, he's back, you know, we're trying to build something bigger than we ever have and having the ability to have uh, who many say the greatest champion in FSW history back as part of the mix, you know, that's a bit, this is a big moment for FSW. You know, it's been two years since we did a Mecca, you know, and we did it right before the, uh, the pandemic. It was the last show that we did. And a little bit before that at no escape, you know, we said our farewells in a in a amazing uh, steel cage match uh, against Funny Bone that you know tore the roof down. 
you know, people voted it the, the, the match of the year. So, you know, all that right there and then having Scarlett as part of the mix, you know, it, it just puts us at an, an even bigger level than where we're at now. Uh, really quick, Kevin, he brought up a name, uh, Hammerstone. What are your thoughts on the FSW heavyweight champion? What is it exactly that you're really asking? Because you can ask a question like that. You, you really need somebody else. Let's not fish here. I want you to really think about what it is exactly you want to know. Because I'm not fucking stupid. And I don't appreciate when you're attempting to undermine my intelligence with a question like that. So I want you to ask me directly what you want to know. So everyone can hear me. When you last encountered Hammerstone at FSW, he wasn't nearly the same performer, the wrestler he is now. As yeah. 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 Go ahead. Keep going. So with his growth, does he even have a chance with you or is he going to end up like the rest? <laughs> oh god hold on hold on <sighs> you're gonna wait for me to answer that and i'm not gonna answer that right now because that would be giving away the best fucking part It's fair enough. Joe, do you think if uh, you put these two together that uh, it would not end well for your current heavyweight champion? Well, I'd love to see. It definitely would be uh, one for the ages. You know, uh, they've had some single matches in the past, but that was when Hammerstone was far less experienced and, you know, he is at the top of his game. He's the MLW heavyweight champion, the FSW heavyweight champion. And I'm pretty sure uh, Kevin's not coming to Vegas just to uh, eat the food and say hi to old friends, if he has any old friends. But, you know, him and Hammerstone definitely uh, would be the price of admission. And I'm pretty sure that the FSW fans who grew up with both wrestlers would definitely be waiting in line to buy a ticket for that one. Would you say cross that at this point in your life, you've lived up to the potential and the promise that you've brought to professional wrestling? I don't give a fuck what anyone has, you know, these, these, things that you're asking me, they're ridiculous. This is a trap question. And this is the problem with this particular industry is that people inside it, let others outside of it dictate their value. And it's fucking disgusting to me. It's always been disgusting. And I've never been consumed by that. What you should do is understand what your personal standards are to yourself. And as long as you live up to those, everything else will fall into the place it's supposed to be in. But these people inside our industry are fucking weak. And that's why I enjoy hurting them so much because they're fucking pathetic. They're fucking pathetic. And that's just the truth of it. And deep down, you know that. 
And deep down, Joe knows that. And deep down, everybody knows that. But we are living in a culture in an era right now where everyone's just full of shit and no one's saying it. But I'm fucking saying it right now. They're fucking pathetic. Okay? Joe, any final thoughts for uh, Cross uh, coming into February 4th for the Mecca 7 at the uh, at uh, the Silver Nugget? And uh, it starts at 7 p.m. and you can watch it on Fight TV as well. Do you love me, Joe? Do you love me? Do you love me? Of course. I love you too, Joe. Uh, Final thoughts, uh, you know, I thought Kevin was going to be here and show some enthusiasm, but, you know, very mellow today, which is kind of shocking. You know, usually usually he's a little more vocal, but, you know, it's all right. It's it's late where he's at, so. I appreciate that. And, Cross, any final words for anyone watching or listening um, to just express what it is that you're about to do in this next phase of uh, your career? Yeah, first and foremost, fuck all of you, sincerely. Um, You've all made a very, very critical error in your whole ideology of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Um, You have chosen to love this. And all of you are on this road, whether you realize it or not. And you've been walking for a very long time and I commend you for that. At one point, we were all walking together, but then you wanted to click up and then the real alphas separated from the clicks and then they moved on while the rest of the clicks wound up just congregating in garbage and shit. So what I have to say to you all now is I've been to the end of the road where you're all walking and I'm coming back to you all with some really bad news. There's nothing there for you. And you have chosen to love the wrong things in life. And I am coming back to harm you and to laugh at you because that's really what life is all about. It's about violence. And you may think that sounds a little nihilistic, but the truth is nihilistic. And I'm going to beat that all into your fucking heads over and over and over again until you get it. That's what's going to happen. So tuck your chin. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Killer Cross is going to be taking on Jacob Fatu at Mecca 7 here in Las Vegas. Uh, You can watch it on Fight TV. And um, Joe, what do you think, man? Is uh, is this going to be something that uh, you might have to have a few ambulances on hand and uh, maybe get a a writer on insurance uh, just in case? Well, uh, if you ask Mr. Cross, it wouldn't be multiple ambulances. It would just be one for Jacob Fatu. There you go, everyone. Mr. Cross, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I think that you speaking the truth has been an eye-opener, and I think that fans will realize that uh, they either follow the truth or they keep lying to themselves. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The DeFalco Files. Um, We'll have another episode uh, next week with Joe going into Mecca. And again, we do appreciate uh, Killer Cross's time. And um, 
uh just hope that everyone uh is able to uh, make it out to see the show and tune in thank you so much everyone and until next time take care <laughs>